How many bodies did you pick up during the pandemic, do you think? During the pandemic, this probably, I would say, close to 1,500 to 2,000. Live from downtown Detroit, it's no BS news out with my main man, Tony. Wait a minute. You didn't even bother checking that? I thought I did. Why do you think we're late? Well, yeah, because we endeavored to do the greatest podcast in the history of the United States. Am I fired again? You're fired. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> when sorry. we're done, you're fired. Okay. Till Monday. Because right. we're on Mondays and Thursdays. Well, what happened there? Please explain. Uh, <laughs> If I knew what happened, it wouldn't have happened, right? I think I think a part that I had in there got clipped out. You clipped it I, out. Oh, that's I think okay. I clipped it we'll, out. We'll yeah. dock your pay. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. But who would have known if you guys hadn't said anything? Wow. You're you, right. Wait. When you that's got, what I'm I've got to control myself. You I mean, guys. I didn't say anything. <laughs> you're, you're, you're right. Yeah. But you I know mean, who that was? That was um, Matt Jadzio, mm-hmm. who was a corpse collector through COVID who I went out with to, because he let me and I wanted to get a look into these nursing homes because we're now in an election and Michigan, bar none, one of the most severe lockdowns and it cost us and we never really truly accounted for what was going on in those nursing homes. We were fed a line of bullshit and that's worth remembering. That's true and I applaud the fact that you've not let that be allowed to just be swept under the rug. Because nobody ever looks at it, they don't focus on it. It just kind of just hangs out there, um, and I think it's unfortunate. It's a disservice and it's disingenuous. I mean, those people deserve answers. Their families deserve answers. Uh, the citizens of uh, Michigan, the residents of Michigan, deserve answers. And I'm going to explain it to my, you know, my people, the low brown. Yeah, let me interpret that. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong? <laughs> With people. This has nothing to do with politics. Right. I, I gave up the parties a long time ago. I expect that the government be held to account. That's not partisan. That is American. That's what they taught me in public schools. Absolutely. And nothing Everything's ruined because we'll, we'll get into that. But the, the election's five days out. Mm-hmm. And on this program, we're, we're going to endeavor to span the country with our correspondents. We have Benny Manis in Philadelphia, <laughs> Brian Kranz in Oaktown, and Red in aisle five at the dollar store on the east side over here. Right? Because here's the deal. I'm driving into the program today, and I'm listening to Breathless NPR again, and and they're saying that the the biggest issue, the big issue, is, is democracy and disinformation. Hmm. Democracy and disinformation. That that is the right and the left wing media's trying to manipulate us when we all know that it's money, the economy, it's crime, it's our children, and then you can get into abortion and elections, but it's about everyday life. Do you agree or disagree? I do agree, and I was gonna ask, when they say democracy and disinformation, what exactly does that mean? I don't know. but That's my point. What does that mean? What does that mean to a person who's trying to figure out how to fill up their gas tank? Or what does that mean to a person who lost family members during, 
COVID, who were in the family members that were in nursing homes. What does that mean to uh, a family member who's afraid to have their kid walk to school? I mean, what does that mean? Right. You know, and I, I just keep hearing like, uh, got to cut red tape for business. And, uh, you, you know, we got investments from uh, Chinese corporations and, we're, you know, battery manufacturing. Yeah, bullshit. Distractions. Right. So here's what's weird. I'm listening to that breathless NPR. Here's what happened. I go to get gas. And I go to State Fair in Woodward. Really? To the Sunoco. You're brave. Where it's 50 cents less than where it is in my neighborhood a mile and a half away. Because <laughs> that's the serial killer gas station. Mm -hmm. That's the one where the, you know, Ferndale police dropped off the serial killer and the woman and she disappeared and they found her dead in the building, you know, blocked down. So I, I go to the serial killer gas station. And I don't want to be sitting in Woodward. So... I, I go to the far, you know, entrance and it's very small, the gas, and I pull in and I kind of cut off like an older woman. She's got the cap on and she's got, you know, the suitcase with the wheels and a purse. And I'm, I'm kind of angled in. I can't get to the pump, but I can't back out because there she is. I don't mm -hmm. want to hit her. And I look at her and I, and I wave her. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And she starts opening the door and I roll down the window. I go, no, go ahead. I don't want to hit. She goes, Aren't you giving me a ride home? And I go, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, let me let me gas up. Her name's Gloria. Only Charlie. Right? And I gas up and Gloria gets in and you know, she lives off state fair there, you know, over towards the highway. And we're listening to Breathless NPR. Democracy. Disinformation. I go, What's eating you, Gloria? And she's like, You could barely afford the bus. Wow. That's, that's just, you know, one of our girls, uh, you know, a little bit older, maybe I'm like my older sister at this point because I'm getting up there, you know, but she didn't say anything about that. It's like can barely make it, you know, doesn't want to spend the two bucks for the bus and sit there waiting for the bus being late to get her home. Or the bus that never comes. Right. For, and then the sun's going down, you know, mm -hmm. she'll get in with a stranger. But let me let me just sidetrack, Charlie. That well, right there. Say, that no, was amazing. I know that was amazing, but let me tell you why it's amazing. That's the one thing. I just had this conversation with somebody the other day that sets you apart from other quote unquote journalists because you're not afraid to talk to people. You're not afraid. You know, Gloria's opening the door. Oh, but that wasn't you let her in. You know, thank well, you. you know, that. But it, it wasn't was, a journalist thing. But, it but was like she's getting in the car. But, but Charlie, you can't tell the story about inflation you can't tell a story about crime you can't that doesn't resonate with what you find in an interview without glorious input because that's the application of all those things that you hear and read and, and research that's the reality of it it culminates right in her existence and in how she responded to you she's getting in a car with a stranger because she can't afford the bus or she doesn't want to wait for the bus that's how it that's how it emerges and today we see we've got a lot of uh correspondents here that lived the real life. Benny is a former cop, right? Brian is a is a reporter in Oakland and everybody knows Detroit Red. The I would suggest to reporters that you live a life. Mm -hmm. And when you live a life, you can reflect what's going on in general society instead of bitching and whining that Elon Musk is going to charge you eight fucking dollars <laughs> for your bullshit blue tag. You know what Elon should do is... Don't charge for the blue tag. Everybody that got that blue check mark should take an IQ test and a physical fitness exam. And if you flunk them, you're the fuck out of here. <laughs> you self-important weasel. Hey, 
I have a blue check. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what that's going to cost you? It's not going to cost ninety six dollars a year. Not you know what that is, Charlie? That's two cartons of cigarettes. If you have to pay for it, then it then it's not validation. It just becomes something that everybody has access to. It loses its value. It loses its meaning. It's going to be great. Charge everybody yeah. just to see who's so desperate no. to pay for it. The joke's on you. Nope, I'm going to Starbucks instead. Yeah, because that ninety six dollars yep. you can get two. You, <laughs> <laughs> Two double lattes, the way this shit's going. Way to gouging us out. Okay, but look, um, let, let's get into the program. Let me let, 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 let me get this death certificate here. Yep, let's see. Now that's Brenda. Good old Brenda. This is Clarence Orville Billet. And I can tell you something. Reading Clarence's death certificate. Here it is. I can tell you, poor Clarence is what I can tell you. He was just as inconvenient in death as he was during the last laborious days of his life. Clarence Orville Billet was an 86-year-old ward of the state. That means the state was his mother. He suffered from acute dementia and lived in a nursing home for veterans, Korean War veteran. Thank you for your service, sir. In April 2020, Clarence caught COVID-19. State and medical records show Clarence spent the last weeks of his life being dragged around like a bag of laundry from nursing home to hospital, hospital to nursing home, and finally nursing home to hospital. Then on May 19th, he found his way to the morgue. It was during Clarence's death ride that Governor Gretchen Whitmer issued her controversial nursing home decrees, which allowed hospitals to discharge COVID-positive patients to nursing homes and other long-term care facilities where uninfected elders resided. But to this day, five days out, the state of Michigan has yet to acknowledge Clarence as a long-term care victim of COVID. So poor and misleading is the state's death tally. Whitmer followed that order with another order requiring all facilities to report the deaths of residents to the State Department of Health and Human Services. But the department never bothered to follow up many Maybe more than half of the facilities never reported. And of those that did, their numbers were at least 25% higher than the state's official tally. We now know from that January report issued by the state's auditor general. We also know from that report, the state never, ever, never, not to this day, required the facilities to provide so much as a name or a date of death. His name was Clarence. Her name was Brenda. I've got dozens of these. Say their names. Because Clarence has never been mentioned, never acknowledged. He and thousands of other elderly people who died in the cold institutional shadows will be forgotten once the midterm elections pass us by. It's beyond appalling that Whitmer has never acknowledged the failures of her administration on the campaign trail or the fact that anybody from the media bothered to advocate for these elders. So you ask, I'm sure you are, 
Why does it matter now, Laduff? I'll tell you why. Because the effects of such incompetence on society have been monumental. Thousands of restaurants in Michigan closed. More than 94,000 jobs have been lost. That runaway inflation, it's rooted in trillions of unfunded dollars printed in the name of pandemic relief. Then there's the collapse in reading and arithmetic skills in our children who were unnecessarily kept home during the COVID culture wars. And you must now accept that because even the governor's running from it, trying to pretend it was only three months. I've got such a child. Brian's got children. Benny, Benny, he's sterile, but that's okay. Hey, it's okay, Ben. You got bunnies. <laughs> and his bunnies. Listen. And my bunnies. My bunnies count. They vote. Benny! Remember, we shut down the world to protect the elderly. More than 75% of all COVID deaths in Michigan were of people 65 years and older and were left to guess where many of them lived. Whitmer has responded in the past with tired tropes. She had to make the tough decisions. Some of them I'd like to take back. But she's never said which one specifically. But Whitmer had to know. The commingling of the sick and healthy was disastrous because the rest of us did. We saw it with Cuomo's administration in New York when they tried to fob off nearly 4,000 nursing home deaths as hospital deaths. When he got caught out, Cuomo stopped the commingling. Just a few days later, Whitmer, who was copying Cuomo, doubled down on the practice even though Cuomo stopped it. And in the end, Cuomo was taken out by an investigation from the New York Attorney General, a fellow Democrat. In Michigan, our Attorney General, Dana Nessel, a Democrat, says there's nothing to see here going so far as you all remember as to give the keynote address earlier this year to nursing home executives and lobbyists and telling them what a fabulous job they did. But there's more. The state legislature passed bipartisan legislation creating separate facilities for infected residents. Do you remember that? Whitmer vetoed it. So did her mafia in high heels up there in Lansing. I know who you are. You know who you are. I won't forget. I won't forget that after spending millions on field hospitals, Whitmer's health officials closed them a few weeks later, more concerned about who was going to pay for them than who needed to use them. And when they were closed just a few months later, the deaths exploded again. We had no place to put the old people, much less take their names down. Whitmer has claimed she never forced nursing homes to accept people infected with COVID-19. This is important because we go back and forth on the social media. And I respect all of you. I respect how you think. I respect how you vote. I respect how you want to live your life and how you raise your kids as long as you don't beat them half to death. I respect you. But you've been gaslit. You've been tricked. And that should anger you. I won't go into the deep specifics of litigating this thing, but just remember, the governor created those 21 hubs. Remember those? Mm -hmm. And they did just that. 
Those were the places that took the overflow. They said they could handle it, that they had the sophistication and the facilities and the equipment. Remember? Well, what they didn't tell you was the federal inspection reports show that nearly half of those hubs flunked basic infection protocols during the summer of COVID. Nobody wrote, I wrote about it. Nobody else wanted to touch it because everybody wanted to sit at a press conference with the governor and pick me on the Zoom virtual press conference. Look, no matter how the election turns out, vote how you want. No matter how it turns out, Clarence and Ruth and the thousands and 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 potentially thousands and thousands and thousands of thousands more of the elderly deserve the acknowledgement, if only to prevent more death in the future. What are we going to do now? We're going to we're going to we're going to put Matt on. Yeah, we can do that. Is that is that what we're doing? That's the plan. Was that the rundown? Yes, sir. Okay, before we even go there, Karen, let's hear from a man whose job, remember, people mm -hmm. died. Well, how did they get put in the ground? Or, or the crematorium? How'd they, how'd they get there? Some human being, whether he was living in Brazil or India or China or Detroit, mm -hmm. had to pick him up. The very bravest. You must have thought about this. Essential at its best. Yeah, you must have thought about like, who is this maniac? Mm -hmm. Well, Matt Ziazio was. Um, talked to him a little earlier today. We had a little talk and uh, I wanted to share it with everybody. Again, vote how you want, but do not forget. Can we play it, Mark? Yeah. Okay, I want to welcome uh, onto the program Matt Ziazio. I had the this is weird to say, Matt. I had the pleasure of spending an evening with you picking up COVID corpses, nursing homes, uh, uh, funeral homes, the whole nine. Uh, I, I really admired the work you did in a pandemic when everybody was frightened. So I, I just want to say that to begin with. I thank you. And uh, on behalf of all the funeral professionals, we thank you for this. Um, so look, the election's upon us, and I don't want people to forget what actually happened in those nursing homes. And you graciously allowed me to go with you. And yes. when I went in there, we were being fed a line of bullshit of how these places were beautifully set up to prevent infection, to stop the spread that the, the hubs uh, were up to snuff. And that was an appropriate place to co-mingle the infected with the uninfected in the building because we were able to stop the transmission within the building. That was complete nonsense, was it not? A hundred percent. I don't think a piece of plastic tarp separated anybody from anything. And like you were there, I'm recalling, we walked into a nursing They had our forehead saying, yep, you're okay to go in, no other check. That it was the same entrance, and this and the nurse is going back and forth between the two wings. Remember? Yes. God. Clearly. So and oh, hold on, let me get to this door. That's all they did. How many bodies did you pick up during the pandemic? Do you think? During the pandemic, this probably I would say close to fifteen hundred to two thousand, 
me and uh, the company I was working for at the time did. And how many of those do you know now specifically that had COVID? Don't guess. There, I can't even put a number on it. And once again, it's all the COVID. Everything was pre-existing pre, uh, conditions in my head. You know, it was you, one person said it, they had COVID. Then when you talk to the family, which they were only allowing 15 people in at a funeral home to say goodbye to their loved ones because they wouldn't even allow them inside the nursing home to say goodbye so they could die alone. You know, they were like, no, they went in because they had pneumonia, not they had COVID. But in the bigger picture of things, it was the hospitals were getting paid out more for COVID patients than they were regular patients. So, yeah, the, the state was giving out five grand if you created a COVID bed and 200 bucks if you put somebody in that bed every day with COVID, right? right absolutely. Well, we were driving around. So, Remember, I was curious, was... First of all, the state was lying about, you know, the ability of these places to stop the infection. We know that from the, the reports. Right. Um, in your estimation, now knowing that, that we never even accurately counted who was dying, what grade do you give the state looking back on it all now? Oh, looking back on it, I give an F. They, they failed everybody in the state. We shut down everything, dude. We printed all kinds of money specifically to protect the people in these facilities. And you were the guy picking them up by the hundreds, by the scores. Right. We and you didn't have PPE. They didn't give you PPE. No, we had to go out and find it on our own. I remember you were in there Maybe. without this shit. Yeah, because I will say everybody, I would, I would say... 90% of funeral homes and healthcare workers were done with it at a certain point. Because you know what? If we were around it every day, we're not getting it. Did we become immune to it and people that were locked up in their houses not immune to it? That's like, that's what plays through all our, all of our heads. You know, I knew a guy, he was in funeral service for 20 years. COVID basically wiped him out because of all the stress, he basically got post-PTSD from seeing so many bodies. And oh, when you're going to a nursing home, picking up one guy after another at the same facility, but he, the guy was fine two days before they brought the guy with COVID back. Those bodies sat around for so long, and they were stacked up outside the crematorium. I remember you took me to the crematorium, and... Right. It was just stacked like eight high and they're getting them bodies off and they were like squishy and all of that bodily COVID fluid was blowing up all over these guys. Remember? Yes. Unheralded. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a rough one for a lot of people, you know, just dealing with the day in and day out stress of it. You know, there's a lot of people that, in the funeral industry alone that look back are like, wow, we already did that, not that many calls or we did look, look what we did already, you know, cause there was just so much, everyone's doing their best. And, you know, you got families coming in yelling at us because the nursing home wouldn't allow them to see their loved one when they're like, Oh, they got a day to live, but you can't see them. When I was picking up bodies, the family standing outside of the room, 
of their loved ones dying, and we're right there. Hey, can you so we can see them? We haven't seen them in a month because the nursing homes won't let us in to see our loved ones. Matt, who do you blame? I think that was a lot of things that was going wrong, what people were really dying from because they couldn't see their loved ones. What question is that? What do you mean? Who do you blame? Well, I just want to know where his anger lies. I mean, is it is it with the governor? Is it with, I mean, I'm just curious as to who you place blame on. Uh, well, blame for what? For, for, well, for a disease? Or for the response to this? There's clearly the response. Or, or to the fact, or to the fact, Matt. That you know each and every one of those bodies you picked up, the state never even wrote their name down. Right, 100%. But uh, you look on their death certificate through the state of Michigan, the first thing will be COVID, even though they had 20 years of heart failure, organ, other different organ failures, but as long as they put COVID-19 on there, then they get money back from the feds too. No, that's not so exactly true, bro. That's not true. Nobody got paid to handle a death patient. In fact, they were hiding the death patients. I got one here. His name is Clarence Billet. He was at the veterans' home. You've been there. Clarence, it says right here, hypoxic respiratory failure. That means COVID. That's a COVID death. Right. They never counted him. Yeah. Because... He didn't mean shit to anybody in death. He meant shit to everybody as long as he was suffering and wheezing and ping-ponging around because everybody got paid on him, but they didn't do anything to protect him or his roommate or... Right. Brenda Rimson. And now it's election year, and we're going to pretend it never happened. And do you notice, my brother, that nobody brought up the hell that you lived or the hell that these people went through or the piss-poor government response? Have you noticed that? Oh, 100%. Does it drive you fucking nuts? 100%. It was, um, in my eyes, if you want to call it, you know, Monday morning quarterback, why didn't they pull all the people out of the, uh, why didn't they pull people out of the nursing homes that were fine? The hotel industry was shut down. Make a hotel a, a uh, nursing home. Whatever happened to the you field know, hospitals? Was, the what? I'm sorry? The field hospitals, TCF, uh, you know, the suburban collection, remember all that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was, I, I will tell you, with all the bodies I've picked up, I never had to go to there, go there once to pick up a COVID body. That's because all total, they only serviced 42 people. You know why? I've got all the internal communications. It seems to me the state health department and governor's office was more concerned about who was going to have to flip the tab, not for building them out. The feds did that, but for the daily care of these people. So as soon as they could, they closed them down and they decided, hey, if they uh, could throw up a piece of plastic at the nursing home, fuck it. We won't watch. We won't look. We'll bullshit everybody. That's what I saw. You and I were driving around, and I'm like, hey, dude, where's the HVAC system? Where's the new circulatory system? And you went, <laughs> it's bullshit. Exactly. You know, and that's what the thing. They might have put a portable, like, humidifier or air purifier in a couple of the hallways at nursing homes. But other than that, that was it. They didn't do nothing to really contain anything. I'm not trying to make this political, right? 
But if we don't even have an accounting of the dead in these facilities that you know, to begin with, are shit, they're cattle pens, how are we going to prevent this in the future, dude? There's a, that's a good question. I don't, I don't think I have an answer to that. I was always counting on the government would give us the answer by now. Oh, that's whatever all the government wants us to believe too. Instead, we kept the kids home. We know who was dying. I, I went out and asked you. Oh, dude, remember that? Remember the guy we picked up and his toe was all curled up? I just, I can't get over that toe. Because you took, <laughs> right? you, you took the, the arms and I took the legs. Yep. He was uh, passed away right inside his front door. And my, my wife was pissed. I rem- Why? My wife was pissed because <laughs> yeah, I went out with I the corpse that. collector oh. in the middle of COVID. And I go, babes, I got to do the job. The job, yeah. Right. How how you doing? Because I was worried about you. He smokes a lot of cigars, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I and remember. At the end of the night, he's smoking <laughs> a cigar, and, and it falls on the floorboards of the van yep. that we just were, like, w- walking around in a dead guy's apartment and in the nursing homes, <laughs> and, and then it's all over his shoes, and it drops on the floorboard, and he puts it back in the ashtray, and I'm like, you going to smoke that? It's all right. Still smoking a lot of cigars. It's a plus thing. My, <laughs> it's my a man. stress reliever. <laughs> I guarantee you. But yeah, we're doing good. You know, it's uh, it's a lot slower pace now, and uh, it's manageable. That's what I'll say. So you're out of the corpse I'm business, huh? De- I'm out of the collecting it, but I'm still in the uh, uh, death care industry, and it's uh, you know, I still see the COVID numbers coming through us right now. And on the death certificates right now, I'd say probably one out of every 50 I see will have a COVID cause of death on it right now. Wow. All of a sudden, like, there's no COVID because it's an election year. How's the love life, bro? Oh, I'm still looking for the misses. Just miss wrong. Still looking. Absolutely. Boy, your your occupation (laughs) really, really, you know, really uh, is like honey to a fly, isn't it? Exactly. What you do for a living? That's then. that's what we're looking for. Death, <laughs> right? We just count, count our blessings every day. My man. All right. I know you got a death convention. You got to get to. Uh, thank you for the time, and really, thank you for your service through that whole thing, man. I, I appreciate it, and I appreciate everything that you do, calling out everybody's bullshit. My man. You thank know, you, my, sir. See you now. Dur- during that COVID, didn't it? Stri- you know it, the the the. the panic across the world and you're like whether it be egypt or india or china or brazil or the united states somebody's got to pick these bodies up oh i know i know it's gross and imagine when you talk about the toe and you seeing that for the first time think how many times matt sees it it's almost like he's desensitized to it yeah, but just, yeah. i remember the note cards he had it looked like a um like a graph of COVID. remember yeah it, the it, it was all the the the, the, the pickups right yeah. so there, there would be a physical card yeah and you it, yeah, it, it looked, look like ex- it looked exactly of, yeah. like the COVID death graph because, wow. right? It takes a different. It, w- it, w- it was like this: April, yep, or March, March April, April, May, <laughs> the summertime, yep, and then back up. February, I mean uh, November, December, January. Well, yeah, it was uh, it was really instructive. Yeah, 
So it really did wake you up. I mean, in a weird way, this is no, like I know. such a terrific job to have. Like you get to see things. Well, it's never going to go out of business either. You you know, I'm I'm talking as a reporter. Like, oh, that just yeah. just the shit you get to see. Well, it's those forgotten jobs, right? The important forgotten jobs. Someone has to do it. And I, I want to shout Matt out does. to all the brothers and sisters at the crematoriums. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. And they they just felt forgotten and and the government didn't care about them and there was no extra pay and they were scrambling to get equipment and you know i mean i'll I'll never forget i say i feel like nobody or very few people think about this when it comes to COVID. is boy really realized how we treat essential workers from um the corpse collector to the uh, waste collector you know, the people that keep society moving, right? Yeah, the shit we absolutely did need. Well, yeah. While everybody else was ordering pool tables from Amazon. Exactly, exactly my point. Yeah. You know, staying at home and, you know, collecting checks. Yeah, watching Tiger King. All right, look, let's, let's, let's hear a word from uh, American Coney Island. And when we come back, we'll be spanning the country with our global correspondents from Philly to Frisco to aisle five at the dollar store in the ghetto. Detroit might not make it to the championship, but you can have a little bit of Detroit at your next championship party. American Coney Island. There's the new tight end for the Lions. Airmail special right to your door. That includes Alaska and Hawaii. AmericanConeyIsland.com. The first, the best, and better than all the rest. And they can't fly either. And always remember, if you don't know how to run a health department or count uh, vital records, you can call ADR. They're experienced. They know how to count, right? Overseeing more than $250 million. That's a quarter billion dollars, people. That's pre-inflation in private and public construction projects. Reduce your costs. Increase your bottom line. ADR saved clients millions and hundreds of thousand dollars in lawsuits, probably. ADR consultants are experts in procurement, counting, government compliance, information technology, spreadsheets, the whole business that the government doesn't seem to be able to do except new numbering. Three billion dollars has been spent on the congressional and gubernatorial races. Three billion. All you got to do is call ADR and then we can get some decent governmental response to what we need because ADR, honest, ethical, smart. Please call Barry Ellen Tuck at 248-318-9424 for a consultation. And if you're garbage, he's probably going to bitch you out. Tell you your garbage. That's the constitution. Your garbage. You got to learn how to count. You got to get Excel up in here. You need. You need some honest people. Is that consultation free? Yeah, absolutely. It is. Well, 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 well asked. Well asked. (laughs) Get the job done right on time on budget. ADR Consultants two four eight three one eight nine four two four. Fix the shit. That's all we're asking for. If only. You got to vote in five days. Are you absentee? No, I'm going. You're going. Mm I'm giving thought up until I walk into the booth. I mean, isn't that amazing? I mean, everybody is. I don't trust any polls. I haven't trusted them since. No, you should never since do that. Anymore. They're bullshit. Yeah, you shouldn't trust it anyway. You know what they do? If if you just keep track of them, 
wrong, wrong, wrong. Mm-hmm. And by the time it, it gets down to the after poll, they're right. <laughs> it's like they're bullshit. They're bull because people don't trust the press. They don't trust the pollsters. No. Right? And and they're not going to tell you shit. And they're not. And lawn signs and T-shirts and, you know, free lunch at rallies, those things don't translate into votes. Right? They right? don't. It, it, they don't. I'm, I'm not watching them. But I, I will tell you what I do believe about polls. I, I do believe that when a pollster asks you a legitimate and serious question, like, what's eating you? Mm-hmm. That you will answer honestly. But normally the pollsters give you pre-selected yep. thing. Does abortion bother you or does uh, uh, disinformation bother you? But if you let the people say it, this is true from Philadelphia to the Bay Area, Oaktown to Detroit. If you ask them, I'll tell you what they say in Philly because they got a very red hot race. Inflation first, crime second. Then the ancillary things, and I don't mean to insinuate that abortion's ancillary but if you're asking people really what's affecting them right now it's money and it's crime and i want to welcome in benny manis who's a fantastic uh i I rarely use the word i'm not even going to use it because he's fantastic he's a reporter and he's a really good writer and i don't know how he cranks out the copy but benny is a, a new yorker he he lives in um philadelphia he understands the east coast welcome on the program ben Charlie, who's better than you, man? It's an honor to be here. And and it's a bigger honor for you to call me a reporter because you're the reporter of all reporters. And I'm just a hack who started because I was sick of getting trolled by reporters as a cop, and I started writing on my own. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Hold on a second, man. Hey, dude, Mark. Yeah. I think we got a glitch here. We do? Yeah, I think we dialed uh-huh. into Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. Can you get me I'm, over, I'm over here now. <laughs> I'm, I'm over here now. Oh, All right, listen, uh, hey, <laughs> Benny. Um, let's let's start let's start with uh, let's start with New York, right? Red hot governor's race. Race Kathy Hochul, who uh, was the lieutenant governor under Cuomo, versus uh, Congressman Lee Zeldin. And Zeldin, uh, it's very rare that New York is going uh, with a Republican candidate the last one was pataki and that was specifically when crime was running wild in new york what do you make of it what are you seeing so the parallels to 1994 when governor pataki was elected is it's undeniable it's almost the same talking points that we saw when pataki beat Cuomo, which by the way was the same year that giuliani beat dinkins to take over the city creating the crime policy that the entire country used for the last 25 years. Um, but it's, you know, Kathy Hochul, it, it shames me as a New Yorker, former New Yorker, to say, you know, this woman is the second governor in my, in the last decade of the Empire State that hasn't been elected. And she's running on nothing. And what you said before is true because a lot of the, the talking points, the issues that uh, the Democratic base is pulling out aren't what's affecting people. And when you don't have real records to run on, you're pulling out distractions. So Lee Zeldin, who A, was almost stabbed on the campaign trail, and B, had a drive-by shooting in his suburban Suffolk County home right out front since he's been running. 
is very in touch with the criminal situation in a state that has the largest law enforcement presence in the United States. L let me interrupt so, yeah. you there. Let me interrupt you there. So Zeldin, and I'm not advocating for either of them because I, I believe Hochul, if I'm not mistaken, was the second lieutenant governor. Wasn't the first lieutenant governor taken out on corruption? So no, she's the... She had a lieutenant governor running on her ticket right. that was indicted and, and sent to jail. Okay. Um, That's how New York that I'd know and love. Okay. So these, these two nutbags, these two nutbags that went after Zeldin, the, the Republican congressman from Long Island, um, what one guy said, you're done, and he's got brass knuckles with blades on him, and somebody's taking pot shots outside of his house. Was this, in fact, a rabid, hippie, MAGA, uh, nudist living in a bus from Berkeley? So the guy at the campaign was a PTSD. He was a, he was a veteran. He really didn't have a, a political thing. He was on both sides of the aisle. But the shooting in front of his house had nothing to do with Zeldin or the campaign. It was the fact that now even Suffolk County, Long Island, is not safe from gang shootings, which is a bold statement because that is the highest taxed area in the country. If, if I might, Suffolk. Suffolk County is home to the Hamptons. Yes. Suffolk County. Yeah, I mean, it's if you know Long it's Island, like an hour it's a gigantic cul-de-sac. It's a, it's it goes from New York. It's an island, and then you wrap around and you come back to New York. It's a it's a cultural cul-de-sac. So when you're getting that kind of shit in Long Island, that really tells you something about the East Coast writ large. Now let me go here. Yeah, I mean, Zeldin is not a radical. You know, he's you know an East Coast Jewish Republican in New York, which means he's pro-choice and all that. So he really can't hang all that Trump stuff on him, even though he supported Donald Trump. Um, what you can do is admit that, hey, guys, when a city that led the country in figuring things like crime out leads the nation in a return to crime, it doesn't lead the nation in crime. Philly does. We're getting there next. But, oh, are we? You know, oh, yeah. We your saw name, Your this. name's not on this program. <laughs> it doesn't say oh, no bullshit news hour with Benny. Didn't say that. Fine, you want to go to Nebraska? We go there. Let's do it. What the fuck's wrong with Nebraska, man? Where you think you're getting that the 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 fine hops for that fucking shit beer you're drinking? Nebraska, you wouldn't know yeah, nothing. Bad, you right? wouldn't know nothing on the East Coast. You don't know nothing. You guys just talking, talk, talk, talk. Listen, here's the thing: <laughs> New York State, probably to me, the two most beautiful states. You can't put Alaska in because that's tundra. Is New York? or California, just physically beautiful. But New York is different than California because one place really makes it go, and that's New York City. Real quick, I'm assuming that if Manhattan goes 20% for a Republican, then the Republican wins it. And if it's 19%, it's a Democrat. Where do you, where do you handicap this thing right now? Well, you gotta go to five boroughs. Uh, the city in it of Manhattan itself, is one of the five boroughs. But Staten Island is deep red and Queens is getting it because uh, what they don't want to admit, even though Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is the congressman there, the Latin, the Latino vote in Queens and the Bronx, they ain't exactly playing that progressive tune. Can I so throw this out there? Let me throw red. this out there because we're going to go to the West Coast. It's also very Asian. Flushing, yeah. right? Uh, Korean Bayside. and Chinese. Yes. Yeah. Bay Ridge, very Brooklyn, and Bensonhurst too turning Chinese and pushing the Italians to Jersey. 
pushing. Yeah. No, no, no. The Listen. Italians choose to go to New Jersey. This is the United States. It's true. They but need they, that. They need that. But this is East Coast. Can... You, you, you give them, Karen, you give them some. It's East Coast. It's just a whole other animal there. It's politically correct. This ain't a thing yet. All right. Okay. We're gonna, no, we'll no, deal no. with that now. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, so listen again. Handicap it. What's Manhattan doing? Do you know? Manhattan, fifteen to twenty percent. The outer boroughs are twenty to twenty. I think it. I think it's that fifteen to twenty. Manhattan's going to decide it, and I think it's going to be the Upper West Side. I know what the Upper East Side's going to do. I want to make another point. The suburbs make up another six million voters. Okay. Um, did you hear about Sean Patrick Maloney? The no, no, we're not. We're, we're not. Do, that, we're not doing that. No, just answer the question. I got, I got to move on. I got to move on. I got to move now on. You sound like a pollster, Charlie. I know. I know. It's, <laughs> go on. Make the prediction. What's Manhattan going to do? Manhattan's right now. Zeldin's up a point in a D plus twenty state. He takes this because in the East Coast, people answer pollsters if they're Republican on a four to one less basis. They don't want to be pigeonholed with all these labels. Anything here before we get to Philly? Mm -mm. No, he's he's good. I'm I'm just I'm learning. I'm listening. Let's move along, Holmes. Um, A very big senatorial race could determine the balance. Could maybe I don't know. We don't really do the horse race here. But you've got Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman versus Doctor Mehmet Oz. Now Fetterman had a stroke in May. He was up a good five. The debates come out. The guy can't put a sentence together. Um, forget the polls. You live there. What are you sensing? And I don't want to hear from what you want. I want to hear what you're feeling as a reporter out there. What What's going to happen there? And why? Uh, Oz, Oz is taking this race. And that was actually something I couldn't say up until about a week ago. Um, the fact is the, the tide has shifted and it's shifted for all the right reasons, not because merely because Fetterman had a stroke and on his debate stage proved to the world that the guy is worse off than Biden. He can't make a sentence and it's scary. But, you know, the truth about Fetterman's record is coming out uh, both personally and professionally as the lieutenant governor. And it's scaring the life out of people because, you know, we just found out he got two really violent murderers out of jail here in Philly, and we got the record crime rate. So we'll go like Um, this real quick, real quick. Again, you're saying more than his physical incontinence, we're talking about crime and inflation, right? Crime and inflation. Now, let me bring it back. People don't like being gaslit. They don't. They they know the guys that do. They had a good blue-collar, blue-dog Democrat running against him, and they went with the progressive side. And then they spent, you know, the, 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 look, this is the fuck around and find out election. All right. Quickly, 19 quickly. million the Democrats like spent on, on primaries to get the more Trumpy candidate in. And in mm-hmm. this case, it was Mehmet Oz. Mm-hmm. But they put a, a true dummy up against Mehmet Oz. The guy was bad before a stroke. So people are starting to realize it and they don't want their pocketbook going to a guy. And by the way, he stuttered on the fracking question, and that is our biggest industry here. We yes. have the only eastern seaboard port with a with a shale on it. Let's go. We like could have been. Hey, I told you before the show. When you hear me go, him and him and it, because we're not going could fracking, bro. Just asked you, Philadelphia. These are the issues. That's, that's twenty thousand jobs. Killed a layer prey. I got it, but again, Philadelphia is the city. Now I know Philadelphia is not going to. 
Philadelphia is very blue. But there's a lot of suburbs around Philadelphia. And Philadelphia, correct me if I'm wrong, for the last two years has set murder records in the entire history of Philadelphia, which includes the crack era. Is this correct? We passed crack in 2020. We passed all time forever last year. And we're on track to beat that this year. People we know are the most violent big city in the country. And again, uh, like like Chicago, like San Francisco, sort of like they're trying to do in Detroit here. We don't hear a lot about it. Philadelphia, your district attorney, not our specifically, but our governance is trying to be lighter on crime. Uh, uh, violent felons are out, no cash bond, right? Karen, you know, we've got murderers on the tether, right? Right, and I, I wanted to ask Benny, as a former cop, uh, as a former police officer, give me your insight into the connection between those two and, and whether or not, I mean, what can or should you expect from a candidate to have an impact on that? I mean, you're a former police officer, so you're seeing crime now from a reporter perspective and a former law enforcement. Yeah, not from you, Benny, if I might, Karen, right? But here's Benny, you, you're a citizen, you're a former cop, and you're a reporter, so not you specifically, but what from you those see. From those perspectives right. and those, and those, what, from those yeah, positions, yes. right? All right. I got what Karen's asking. And, and the truth is people often don't know the senator has really no play in the crime in, in a particular municipality. That's more the governor's race, which is also pretty bad. But um, in Philly, we have a Soros DA. We have pretty much the benchmark of all the Soros DAs in the United States, a guy named Larry Krasner. Um, he's not hiding it. He's not light on crime. He's a former defense lawyer, and he wants everyone out. And two of the people he exonerated, he's made a big deal about all these exonerations. Two of them have already been put back in, one for aggravated assault and the other for murder. So, you know, he's, he's we're, we're at this Let place go, right now because... Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. No, this, you, this, this, the correlation's been undeniable. Undeniable. Point. And he's so, being impeached. And, and he's being impeached. There's an... the and We're going to get to um, Brian Kranz in Oakland. Because the San Francisco DA was in the same mold, was impeached, not impeached, was removed from office, right? So it's kind of birds of a feather. Um, at the same time, this is my last question for you. I, I don't quite understand it, but has the Philadelphia Police Department been decertified? So they've lost their state accreditation. And by whom? By whom? Accreditation committee. So the Philadelphia a, a Police Department, one of the largest police departments, facing the biggest murder total, which isn't even close to Detroit, by the way. Mm -hmm. Our murder per capita is way higher than Philly, which tells you something about us. You're telling me that the state took the accreditation of its largest police force away. It's two largest police forces, Philly and Pittsburgh, because they've adopted those woke laws where they're suspending traffic enforcement due to what they call uh, equity. So that you can't do that. That's there's against the state vehicle code, and the state has acted accordingly and removed their accreditation. And are these district attorneys pushing for that? Krasner, et cetera? Yeah. Wow. And so what we have is a complete failure in accountability. Right. Okay. We got a police department run by, you know, we call her woke Barbie. We got a mayor who doesn't use a bully pulpit. We got a DA who wants criminals out. We got an AG running for governor who's ignoring the corruption at the DA's office. Who's ahead in the, the polls? Is that Nobody's looking. 
That's Mastriano and Shapiro, if I'm correct? Yeah, Mastriano and Shapiro. Shapiro's the um, Democrat, Mastriano, right? Mastriano's the Republican, Shapiro's the Democrat. And he's he he's ahead in the polls. Am I correct? Right? He's ahead in the polls? Way ahead. So Mastriano's getting decimated. So let's just remember, because you can you can tell where the, our former cop is. Great, great reporter. Really good writer. You can tell where his heart is. But it's important to say that not everybody agrees with how Benny sees life. But what I'm seeing when you see Shapiro and then um, Krasner uh, going through a, a, a impeachment and when you're seeing Oz, that I see a balance. I see a middle. I, I, I see not a swing to the right. Like we swung to the right, then we swung to the left, and I think we're trying to swing to a middle, Karen. Possibly, but what does? But again, what does that mean? Because I, I just saw somebody say the other day they didn't care if the and I can't remember his name if he communicated uh, by sign language that they were you know adamantly against Oz. I mean, what does he bring to the table? We we talk about candidates that are that are voted for because they're the lesser of the two evils. What does he actually bring other than not what? Who Fetterman or Oz? Fetterman. Oz. Well, what does no, Oz bring to the table? So so I'll tell you something that's interesting about that, Karen. Fetterman is getting a lot of people who just want the D vote, mm -hmm. and that's really nobody is sticking up for the way this guy has behaved or how he's carried himself medically. They just want the D vote. And that's scary because... Well, no, it's not scary. So you don't get that. It's scary. No, it's not scary. What you can say, and, and many Democrats say it, he is a solid and consistent vote for the Democratic plank. I will not, I cannot sit here and just dump all over what fully half of the population wants. Now all I'm all I'm saying is I do, I don't want fucking murderers running around and I don't want my dollar to be worthless and I would like to say if my daughter's going to get a medical procedure that's 100%. all okay right on Ben no nope. nope you're done Benny Manis people Benny Manis uh fantastic writer uh, benny give me give me your handle where they can look at your work because the guy does cover law enforcement like a mother well, i was enjoying listening to I, him. well we got brian You're, i know but i want to hear brian, yeah, too. brian from oakland okay i want to hear brian too but i was enjoying benny <laughs> okay i know but uh, we're not this isn't the drew lane drew <laughs> drew and mike podcast which i i i really recommend everybody listen to it part of the red shovel network um we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for drew and his tutelage and and mark his you know his guy expertise. Well, not only the engineering guy, but but the, oh, the co-host. Yeah, yeah, but he's I mean, very smart. He's thirty he years of number one radio yeah. right here, yep. and now he's doing this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Trying at least. Keeps him humble. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't never fucks up Drew's cold <laughs> open. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> but I they don't I, tell everybody when they do. That's I fuck up that show a lot. Okay, Benny, do me a favor. Stay on. Dial down your microphone. Okay. And then at, at, near the end of this, you get a question for... Yeah, well, that? he was going to say his social media handles. Oh, yeah. People I thought asking. he did. Yeah, let me get my phone. All right. It's at public uh, uh, What? <laughs> is he on Twitter? Does he have I'm a sorry, what, say? what is it? What is it again, bro? <laughs> Twitter. Uh, Charlie. <laughs> Do you have a check mark? No. Okay. Broadandliberty.com. What was that again? Broadandliberty.com. 
Fraud and liberty? Broad. Did he say fraud, fraud or broad? Yeah. Right. Broad. broad. Like, like Broad, broad Street. Street. Like broad. Okay. Yeah. Broad. All right. I got you. Oh, Where the dude, stadiums are on. Dude, with, with that accent, I don't think you can spell broad. It's, you, <laughs> you spell it with a W. Broad. Let me talk like I'm from Detroit and eat pick pizza. <laughs> and, That's the Chicago. And don't forget it's apple season. <laughs> 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 All right. Now, moving around the globe, we're going to Oakland, California, where, you know, according to the San Francisco Chronicle, the biggest issues in San Francisco, the Bay Area, by the way, uh, the major touchstones are San Francisco, Oakland, and Berserkly. Okay? <laughs> now, a dear friend, an, an excellent reporter, a graduate of uh, what is the Graduate School of Journalism at the University of California at Berkeley, Brian Kranz. What's up, brother? Hey, Charlie. How you doing? Real good, man. You? How's the family? Family's good. Mom came home. Kids with her. World's great. Excellent. Now, uh, you're more liberal than Benny, right? You got a nicer outlook than Benny. Benny's very dark and cynical. He's like Batman. You're Bruce Wayne. He's Batman. <laughs> I wish I was Bruce Wayne with that money, but you know, we are we are who we are. Um, yeah, I'm definitely a little bit more. Try to be a little more sunshinier than than that, <laughs> but I'm going to follow Benny on Twitter for sure. Okay, well, let's go like this. Okay, let's start with the news before we talk about the 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 the, the tenor of public life. Um, What's this guy's name? David De Pape, David De Pape, the you know the the underwear hammer. I want to call him the underwear bomber, but he's he's the underwear hammer wielder on uh, Paul Pelosi. What what do we know about this dope addled illegal immigrant? Is he a MAGA fuck or is he a psycho <sighs> or both? Right. Okay. Uh, Look at you. I mean, kind of. Uh, he's reposting like Mike Lindell videos and stuff like that, but you know. So he's this guy. He's originally from um, Canada. Uh, apparently, he outstayed his welcome here. So he's, you know, there's the issue of San Francisco police working with ICE that uh, they historically don't do. Um, but, Wait, time you know, out, time out, time out, time out. San Francisco, the sanctuary city. <laughs> Everybody's welcome here. We're not going to work with customs enforcement unless you bash Nancy Pelosi's husband on the head with a hammer. Is this correct? Uh, typically they don't work with ICE, uh, but their policy is if you are convicted of a violent crime, uh, which this absolutely would qualify. So yeah, it would be, um, out of all the different angles in this story, this is like one of the latest one to see what, um, if, you know, the department would, would work with ICE to have this man, uh, deported. What do we know, man? I know I, we were talking, I'm like, can you, can you drive around the, the hippie school bus where they're all doing dope and there's Black Lives Matter flags and gay pride flags uh, in Berkeley? You got some new news. Uh, the latest, um, at least now the more details are coming out regarding this attack on who this guy is. Um, the big issue um, was that, you know, you have like Ted Cruz saying that he, oh, he's just some stoned out hippie from, from Berkeley, but um, he actually... Uh, was living in Richmond, which, as you know, are two different, completely different cities. Uh, they're in the same area, but um, ideal. I, you know, when you throw the word Berkeley out into the political sphere, uh, an image comes up. You know, you and I were both Berkeley students, and I don't know if we would fit the mold for what somebody thinks of somebody from Berkeley. Um, but yeah, so apparently he's been living in Richmond for the last three years. Uh, a lot more reporting is coming out regarding this. Um, all we basically know now is he's looking at 40 years. Uh, he allegedly, uh, you know, said that this was his plan. He wanted to, to basically kidnap and interrogate um, Nancy Pelosi. And basically what his boss was saying is that he 
just spent too much time on the internet and basically went down all of these like Pizzagate, um, you know, wormholes. So it's just kind of an online conspiracy theorist and his kids have even, or his, one of his children has confirmed that all of these kind of crazy unhinged blog, you know, anti-Semitic stuff that that was all him. Um, so yeah, it's the, it's everybody's having a political field day with this, and it's just it, very, well, very. Well, let's do this. Like Richmond, when when point. I when I was out there, Richmond sits on top of Berkeley. Richmond was at one point industrial. Richmond was historically black, and what is it now? Now you got some nudist, cannibalistic what, gentrification. What, what's going on in Richmond? What? what how did this guy find his way to Richmond? This guy found his way to Richmond because, yeah, I mean, he was hanging around Berkeley and basically just, you know, you know, it's it's Berkeley. You can just hang out and, you know, the cops will generally mostly leave you alone. Get high, um, live in a bus, walk around he naked. He was yeah. kind of, yeah, if you want. I mean, um, I did that. Yeah, but he was basically, uh, <laughs> I don't disbelieve that at all. Uh, but this guy, he just basically befriended. He was just build, building decks for a guy and then he's just like, hey. You know, I like you. You're a good person. Let's let's set you up with a place to live. So it's basically living in a garage turned studio apartment, which is way more common now. And, you know, most people that end up in Richmond because it's still a refinery town. So, you know, at any time, Chevron can just be like, hey, you know, stay inside. We're going to blow the stacks and shoot some 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 oil into the air. Um, but it's it's one of the last affordable places to buy a home. You know, my wife and I have been looking at places to live and it's like, oh, Richmond's still relatively affordable if you don't mind you know cancer <laughs> hey i live on the highway take it easy man and, and richmond is the place where you cross the bridge to go to san quentin so i, I wore this for you bro what's the big deal about where this guy's from i mean why is that so and i'm just asking you know where's the geographic relevance i mean i understand okay he's out there i mean but well because what's the point? i will say this before okay. before brian does because it's berserkly. Berserkly's really got, you know, like uh, uh, a reputation. I mean, but I feel like it's almost kind of like Detroit. When there's something bad happens, then the person is from Detroit, even though, you know, it, they're from the surrounding area. So I was just trying to figure out where, where you were going with the relevance of where he's actually from. Well, the, 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 I'm going with this socioeconomic background. Because okay. I'm glad you asked that because I didn't know how to ask Brian this. It's my thought and my my experience and mm -hmm. brian actually lives the life right. and okay. reports every day on it that the west coast is inundated mm -hmm. inundated with homelessness dope fueled open drug bazaars uh, mania they still if i'm correct brian they still give out cash money to able-bodied men right do they still do that they still got basically welfare uh I mean, there's, there's definitely, we have, um, you know, we have Land some, some support honey. systems and it is, um, and it also isn't, you know, um, in cases like this, this is somebody who's going to fall through the cracks. Um, this is the pape guy, you know, he just had mental health issues and, um, pause, rampant pa drug pa use. Pause um, right there. Pause right there. Mental health issues, lots of drug use. Is this guy right wing MAGA or is he just like, basically, man, you and your everyday life, brother something you got to step around i'm asking now you quality of life no because i think you know he had, a, he had a roof over his head which is already that's a, a big thing that you know, so many people out here don't have that's um insane. but that's uh, insane. just i wanted yeah to take a step back and go into berkeley 
Um, you know, yeah, it is. It's that political thing where, cause it's the university of Berkeley, you know, we had, I had it out here when I was still at the grad school and they had like, Ann Coulter was going to come to campus. Well, you know, everybody expects that type of reaction. So we have people fly over all over the country. We're talking about the three percenters, the oath keepers, the proud boys, you know, they show up for a fight and then people show up in black block Antifa and there's a physical altercation. And that's the type of stuff where, I guess some of the best comments I've ever heard about that is when these, the, you know, these, uh, these fringe right wingers go to, you know, start trouble or whatever. We always ask like, well, why don't you guys ever go to Oakland? Like, why don't you just go try to pick a fight in Oakland? And everyone knows that Oakland would handle this business a little bit differently comparative to Berkeley. But yeah, it's very much like, you know, that's why like somebody like Ted Cruz is going to be, Oh, he's a crazy nudist from Berkeley. Oh, well that's because Berkeley's so liberal. And you know, before you know it, we're talking about critical race theory. So it's, it's, I hear yeah, you. it's just it's kind of a nothing burger. If I could drop this on yeah. uh, on the people in my region, the Antifa and the uh, Proud Boys is nothing new in Berkeley. Like back in the '60s, mm-hmm. it was Abby Hoffman in the crowd marching, thinking they're going to go to Oakland, and that's going to be our working class brothers. And the Hell's Angels show up, and they go to hug them. And Sonny Barger and the Hell's Angels beat the fuck out of them. It's really famous, right, bro? And any, anybody? Oh yeah, look? I mean, I'm. Go ahead. I'm two blocks away from uh, Hell's Angels headquarters. There are my neighbors. Um, you like it? You where, know, where, it, where, it where is that? The, the, I used to get my parts for my motorcycle there. I remember Sonny Barger uh, off his head, and he was like, "That's on the house, can." <laughs> Charlie. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's we're over in East Oakland, but it's also you know when it comes to how scary Antifa is, our local soccer team, the Oakland Roots, has an Antifa section. Like, it's just, hey, we're Antifa and we're here rooting for a home soccer team. It, you know, it's, they're here. I mean, you know, I love we, it. We're not afraid of them. I'm so, I, I, I love okay. it. That's I'm, how, that's how. USA, it, man. Isn't that how it should be? I mean, just because, again, we talked about democracy and misinformation. Shouldn't they have a, a seat if they want to cheer the soccer team just because they may have a different political perspective? USA. I mean, I'm all about that. But now let's go like this. Uh, you got some very serious problems going on again. Um According to the San Francisco Chronicle, there uh, quite a big sample, maybe about 2,000 people. The number one issue for people in San Francisco across from Oakland and Berkeley is homelessness, crime, and housing. The district attorney that believes in the uh, no-cash bail mm-hmm. has been removed. Three school board members have been removed for being a little too liberal and ridiculous during COVID. Um What's going on in San Francisco, my brother? Uh, it's being used as, you know, kind of a, a, a test at what can happen, you know, because the people that were removed from office, they were, they were elected. Um, Chase Boudin, you know, uh, is, was basically Larry, Larry, I think it's Larry Krasny, like, but just even more removed. They kept the looking Philadelphia at guy members. Yeah, I've actually talked with him. I, he's a nice person. Um, but Chase Boudin was just too liberal for him, and they kept pointing towards the tenderloin, you know, the area where there's open drug deals, there's lots of homelessness. And the people that think, you know, the only way to solve crime is to lock people up. And then you also had a police union that was che- kind of cherry-picking um, the cases that they would put out as far as like, oh, if this person was still in jail, yada, 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 yada. Um, 
And even now that they're finding out with this with this new DA that's in office, Brooke Jenkins, they're finding out that now the cops are kind of they're working more. You know, when it was Chase that was in office, they're like, you know, hey, why are we why are we gonna even gonna go try to arrest this person if they're the DA is just gonna let them out? So now that they have somebody who's gonna keep people locked up, now they're you're coming forward. It's a relatively new story and I'm not hundred percent familiar with it. So I encourage people to go actually look for that story rather than just take my word for it. But that's, it, it just, it, we're kind of just seeing how things are shifting towards it's the highly political nature of it. Um, and where, where and can, where can frank, people find your work? I, I create a podcast for the Vallejo sun. Uh, Vallejo is another city. It's, a, you know, it's by Richmond. It's by Berkeley. Um, it's one of the most diverse cities in America, and it has just as many problems as everywhere else. Um, otherwise, I sometimes write for uh, a site, local news site called the Oakland side. And by the way, let's. I, it's a great place to live. It is. The Bay Absolutely. Area is like just one of the greatest places. It's a lot of bullshit going on right now. That's everywhere. And, yeah, and we're trying to work it out. But I, when I left. Oakland. I I cried. I did. I cried. I didn't want to leave. Hmm. I, it's it's lovely, and everything in this country is worth fighting for. And if you can find a way to fight without being physical or belligerent, if you can just be what we said we're going to be, which is, I'm capable of fighting you. I'm capable of debating you, and I will be calm and respect my fellow citizen mm -hmm. that's what that's the message i got out of living over there brother and I'm, I'm glad you're there and i do love you and i respect you immensely and i respect benny and i respect you and i'm i'm not gonna lose that i refuse to be moved by a commercial i refuse you shouldn't be brian are you on twitter at all yes i am i'm citizen crans at c-i-t Z-E-N-K-R-A-N-S. Do you have a blue check? What if I spelled citizen right? I don't think I did. Oh, okay. Do you have a blue uh, check? No, I'm mostly on Twitter. And I don't, I, I do have a blue check, but Sweet. I'm still on the fence of whether or not I'd pay for it. No, you're not. We're not, playing, we're not paying for it. I have it. a blue check. You know what I did? I copied nah, he's one. Enough. I, don't I copied one and pasted it over my picture. <laughs> Fuck you with your blue check, man. <laughs> now, I'm going to give uh, Benny's listening. Benny, you want to pipe in and ask a question? Not a lecture. Yeah, I Wait, wait, wait. No. Ground rules. Ground rules. Benny gets to ask one good, focused, pointed question to Brian. Brian shall answer it. And then Brian gets one good, pointed question to Benny. And Benny shall answer it. And then we're moving to red because never, ever forget the center of the country, which is Detroit. And comedian Detroit Red has a report from aisle five at the dollar store. At Jefferson and Shane. $1. So dollar twenty-five with inflation. Dollar twenty-five store. So I forgot what I just said, but somebody asked, okay, bro. <laughs> Benny's gonna ask a question of Give Brian. Give me that whiskey over there. Can Benny's I, gonna I, ask Brian. Can, can, can I can I get it? Can you hand me that whiskey Brian, over there? Brian's covering the very, very left side of the country, both in politics and in location. So I was just trying to think about his take considering Oregon, New Mexico, and even Minnesota are currently leaning heavily red in their governor races. And that would be big flips uh, and unprecedented for definitely Oregon for like 45 years. So do you have anything on that, Brian? Uh, as someone who went to college in Minnesota, um, I'm not really surprised. Um, I, 
you know, when it comes to red state, blue state, you know, we have to always remember that, you know, land doesn't vote. Um, and it also is coming from one of the, the California's the most populous um, state in the country. Um, but I don't mm -hmm. think, you know, everything we do sh would work out for the rest of the country. Um, and somebody who grew up in Wisconsin, which is another state, uh, my family is red, yet I came out blue. Um, and I just think a lot of people, you know, we, we, we're not all set on the same political parties. I don't know how we came to these two parties where, you know, if you believe, you know, whatever pro-life is, whether that becomes gun or abortion, you know, I guess. So it, I've never understood how it worked. I don't consider myself, I only registered for a Democrat so I could, you know, vote for Bernie. Um, but other than that, no, I mean, I, I'm not surprised. That's I'm the really same, not surprised. That's, that's the same with my friend Bernie over there. That's exactly what he did. Now. I will. I, I just threw that break in there because it is your turn, Brian, now to ask Benny a question about the right coast, the East Coast. As someone who's never lived on the East Coast and has only visited, um, why are you guys always in such a damn hurry? <laughs> got shit to do. But we got, you know, we ain't got a piece of dope, man. We got to make our deadlines. We all got two, three jobs, like a bunch of Jamaicans, and we got to get to it, baby. Now, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> Sorry, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna interrupt there, Brian. As as the left coast guy, I spent uh, you know better part of a decade on the East Coast. Ask me how I'm doing. How you doing, Charlie? What are you, my fucking doctor? There you go, baby. Huh? huh? Forget about it. Okay, gentlemen, hang in there. Uh, mute your microphones. I'm hoping that we got Baby Jesus and Detroit Red reporting from Hippie I, Jesus. I well, Bernie called him Baby. He's okay. got all kinds okay. of names. Uh, there, there we go. We got uh, comedian Detroit Red reporting from the heart of Detroit City. Red, what do we got, man? What's what's the temperature uh, in the dollar store? Dead. Inflation has killed the dollar store because ain't shit in here barely a dollar no more. Show, show me. What do we got on the shelves there, bro? What do we got? Well, we're in aisle five here, and uh, we found some interesting things. First, I think, I, I, I hate to say this, but I think I found where Lafayette got, gets their chili from. One buck. It's one of the only things that's still a dollar in the dollar store. Come on down now. Like, you know, inflation has hit the dollar store bad. Remember back in the day you could get a pack of ramen noodles? Where, where, where's the ramen noodles at? Ramen right? noodles. Ramen, ramen, I'm, they so damn high now, who cares? You shouldn't eat them anyway. <laughs> you know, They're they, they so, they so expensive now. Like, you can't even They're bother. So you don't got no time to round off your lips to ramen. <laughs> it's like ramen. Fuck it. I ain't got no time to pronounce it right <laughs> Well, well, actually, as I'm looking at this, they, 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 we don't even care. <laughs> 40, 45 cent for one pack now. That used to be two packs. You could survive two days off of it. Now, with the inflation, this is one day's worth of eating here. One meal, 45 cents. That's news you Nothing can use. Nothing in here is really a dollar. Now, 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 the candy aisle, we went down the candy aisle, which, you know, was cool. A lot of that is still a dollar, but there's no sustenance there. Anything else, you're paying over a dollar fifty. So inflation has killed the dollar store. We've seen a few people in here. I remember at the first of the month, the dollar store would be crowded like a Christmas line to sit on Santa's lap. 
this son of a bitch is like a ghost town. I also noticed, uh, Red, that the, the shelves are kind of bare. I never noticed the dollar store's shelves being bare. Well, what I believe is, is, is happening is, is demand and, 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 you know, everything ain't a dollar no more. So can't carry a f- store full of stuff that people can't afford to purchase. Hmm. What, it's kind of tight. I ended up coming to the dollar store to start grocery shopping because if uh, food keeps going up the way it is, this is where I will be doing all my grocery shopping at. See, forgive me for being privileged, but I didn't know people actually shopped at the dollar store. I thought like you would get like, you know, uh, Halloween decorations, maybe some. Uh, it's very suburban of you, Charlie. So, you know, some some bunion <laughs> yeah. medicine. You know, but there are people that there are people that shop. The dollar store is always good to run and get you know like things that you just. Where'd you hear that? Things. What do you mean? I mean, where'd you hear that? You've never been in a dollar store in your life. I, I, I love the, do- to the dollar store. Do, do I look like the kind but of But I'm going to tell you this, though. I love the dollar store. The dollar store that Red is in now is not a very good dollar store. Well, the better ooh. the better dollar store for Bougie. dollar store stuff <laughs> dollar store is the snob. one down on Joseph Campo in Jefferson next to... <laughs> wait a minute. Breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. So, 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 have, so let me... Wait, hold on let, a minute. Wait, we have breaking news, Red. Red, hold on. Hold the thought. Hold the thought, Red. Breaking news. Where's this said Shangri-La of dollar stores, Karen? I wouldn't call it that, but it's a better dollar store. I mean, you know, if you where, where is it? Where is it's it? It's on Joseph Combo and East Jefferson. Breaking news: That's Joseph Combo and East Jefferson. Get on down there! Get on down there! <laughs> Joseph Combo and East Jefferson, which is just down the way from where yes. Red is. It's west of where Red is. It ain't nothing but a two-dollar bus ride, and you get a transfer. <laughs> No charge. Another breaking news. Another breaking news. <laughs> we actually stopped at that. We actually stopped at that dollar store first, but because things were a dollar twenty nine, somebody oh. broke in to steal all the shit. So it's closed right now. Really? Wow. Okay, I didn't know that. Again, the inflation, the inflation, the inflation. Even our reporter won't go into that dollar store. And I bet somebody got hit on the head with a hammer out that out over there, man. What was it? Compo? No, no. I don't, it looks like it was a uh, smash and grab. Which at I the don't dollar understand store? What the hell? At the dollar store. I don't understand but why you would You know what they the did? They the smashed my store. skull and grabbed my underpants. No, that's, Charlie, I mean, we're, we're laughing about it, but that's where people are right now, where you're smashing and grabbing yes. in a dollar store. People are doing what they have to do to survive. I mean, so we're making a joke about it, but that's a, that's a reality. Except for where Red's at, because nobody's there and there's yeah, no fucking soup on the, on the shelf. That's not a good dollar store. Then, then on top of this, uh, you don't come out to the east side dollar stores after the sun go down if you're smart. <laughs> like this is true. Me and, and Zach are not. And never get <laughs> never get your gas at night. And especially on State Fair and Woodward. Right, Red? Never, right. <laughs> never get Sorry. your gas at night. No. Okay, Red. For real. Been- gas up before daylight. Daytime, nighttime. Shit, you know what the hell I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, dude, we, we got a guy in the, on the line from Philly, and we got a guy on the line from Oakland. You want to compare notes with these dudes? Do they have dollar stores out there? I don't know. Red's the reporter, not me. They, they, they don't sound like, do you guys have dollar stores? They, they don't look like they go to dollar stores. Them BJ's and Sam's Club shoppers right there. <laughs> BJ's is terrible. Been once. Look at that. Benny's so broke, he can't even afford a voice. You know what I'm saying? What happened there? I think he's still muted. Look here. Yeah. The shit that went up in the dollar store so much, I'm about to go up here and see what a layaway plan looked like. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, Red Jug. I seen a couple of items in here I want. I just can't afford right now, so I'm going to give them a couple of dollars to hold them for me. <laughs> Red, we got an election coming in five days. Your final thoughts. We're talking nursing homes. We're talking We're talking crime. We're talking inflation. Put in perspective, uh, what would you, would you hear? What, what, what's the vibe? What's the vibe on the east side of Detroit? The vibe that I'm getting from folks is, is they hope somebody really step up and campaign on some shit that makes a difference. Because a lot of the stuff we've been hearing coming out of the people that campaigning really ain't talking about nothing that's important to us right now. These high-ass gas prices, high-ass food prices, all this stuff. That, that, that's what the vibe is. Who do we vote for? Nobody's really talking about the real issues. Well, like Benny said earlier, everybody's reciting talking points, and that's what we, you know, they stand on the, the press release and, and the talking points, and that's not resonating with the average person. So we'll say this. We'll, we'll throw it away. Uh, uh, th- you know, just Raymond throw- Noodle, 50 cent a pound. is getting ramen. desperate out here. Nope. It, it just ramen, went up a ramen. penny. It was 49 cents a minute ago. Now it's 50. <laughs> this inflation is like the debt clock in fucking Times Square. The fuck, Red? Start shoplifting, man. Stuff some shit in your pants. No. Oh shit, we got to go, baby Jesus. He, they about to call the police. They been oh, watching. Oh no, no, keep it on. Keep, keep it on. Keep it on. Keep it on. We got police. There ain't no police coming, man. No. Not. I'm surprised they let him stay in there that yeah. long. You can shoot baby Jesus in the parking lot. Ain't no police coming, man. They don't oh, got don't a contract. They don't got a contract yet. Why would they come? This when, is true. When you work in a dollar store where a lot of people not coming, you just want your day to end. You don't want to be dealing with fatter. Just go over there and film whatever you want. Just don't be bothering me. Well, it's getting so dark, too, Red. And they were very gracious. Well, it's getting dark, too, so you be careful as well. Hey, Red, uh, do me a favor. Like, just over your right shoulder, looks like it's spam. Is that spam or tuna? We we, we peeped that. Spam? For, that? See, if you want to really treat yourself to some elegance, you can get a <laughs> yeah. single slice oh, yeah. of spam for a, a single slice of Wait, spam. Wait, whoa, whoa. What? Single slice of spam. A single slice. For a dollar fifty. Whoa! A single slice. Slice of spam for a buck fifty. How much is the can, bro? Three fifty. I can see the price. Well, that ain't a dollar. <laughs> no, nothing in there is a dollar. Red, red. Do me a favor, man. Shop bit me some spam, and I'll see you in a minute, man. Come on back <laughs> to the studio. <laughs> to the penthouse. Deuces. Okay, I want to thank Benny Manis, reporter from Philadelphia, PA. Brian Kranz, reporter from Oakland, California, comedian Detroit Red. Yeah, he's a reporter too. From aisle five. And remember, man, you just vote your thoughts. Don't let nobody tell you different, not even them commercials. See you Monday, noon. Thank you, boys. There'll be no payment. <laughs>